Episode 342 of the Biz Talk Podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm editor Kirk Semenoff. Our cover story in this week's Wichita Business Journal is coverage of our recent Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Summit held at the Kansas Leadership Center. We took a different approach with this year's summit as we challenged attendees to take a deep data dive into the statistics that challenge many residents in becoming most successful in life and in business. But we also had a terrific panel of young professionals of color who talked about Wichita's pros and Wichita's cons and what they've encountered early in their business careers. We'll bring you that panel in episode 342. Other than our cover story, here's what you'll find in this week's print edition. We have two lists this week, banks ranked by consolidated assets and banks ranked by market share percentage. These two lists are always two of our most popular lists because they really bring into focus what banks are raising, both financially and in terms of customers. The lists begin on page eight. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 39. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Well, as I said, we want to bring you the conversation from our recent DEI summit that involved five young professionals, all in their 20s or early 30s, and all professionals of color in our community. Joseph Shepard was the moderator, and he's the chief of staff at Lead for America. Joseph is from California originally and once didn't think he'd stay in Wichita long, but he's still with us, and he brings great perspective as a non-native. Another non-native is Niha Batawala a program associated at the Kansas Leadership Center. Neha was born and raised in Texas, and she first came to Kansas by working in an innovative Southwest Kansas hospital, then joined the KLC. Still another transplant is Jenny Hartfield, who came to Wichita with her husband last January. She is an associate in investment operations at Six Meridian, and she and her husband came to the city because they learned it was affordable and a quality place to live. The panel was rounded out by two Wichita natives. Peyton Morgan, a function analyst in the IT department at Spiro Aerosystems, has lived in our city his entire life, including a Wichita State University degree. Marcus Fox is a wealth advisor associate at Six Meridian and is a boomerang, a Wichitan, a Wichitan who went away to college and he lived in New York for a while before realizing Wichita was where he wanted to be again. Here's what they all had to say. And the first question that we have is, why Wichita? Why do you live in Wichita? What brought you here if you're not from here? What brought you back if you are a boomerang? Um, and tell us a little bit about your background and how that may have connected to your reason for staying and or coming back. And we want to make this real conversational, so we won't go down the line. If you feel compelled to chime in, go ahead and dive right on. I'll, I'll start, I guess. Um, so like I said, Peyton Morgan, born here in Wichita, Kansas. Graduated from East High School back in 2016 uh, through the IB program at East, um, then matriculated to Wichita State where I received a degree in computer science. 
I'm currently enrolled there, um, getting my MBA program. I work out at Spirit Aero Systems in the uh, in IT, where I serve as an IT business partner. So I kind of help support the logistics and facilities organizations. So anytime that they kind of need any interface with IT, they have any kind of computer issues, um, there's machines down, um, need escalations, they come talk to me. I get them in contact with the correct individuals. And then the other part of my job is I help manage what we call the Technical Investment Review Board, or TIRB. Um, and that's where we pool all of uh, IT's money uh, for projects. And then we divvy that up based on uh, the needs of the company. So if logistics needs money or um, the 777 program needs money and they need it spent in an IT fashion, um, they'll come talk to me. I'll figure out how much that's going to cost. Can we afford it? Um, and if there's something more important that we need to spend it on, then I get to tell them no. Um, and so <laughs> that, that's been a really interesting conversation over the past couple of weeks. Um, but that's just, just a little bit about me, why I stay in Wichita. Um, it's primarily family and I think connections. So um, like I said, born and raised here. Um, and as a result, I've been able to meet a lot of different people. Um, and I feel like that, that offered a level of comfort, but it also grew into a network that allowed me to piggyback off of and gain knowledge and interact with people that I wouldn't have been able to interact with if I was in a new city. Um, and I, uh, the challenge of meeting new people is always fun, but um, always knowing that I have a Roy or a Joseph to go and talk to if I need help um, really was really major in deciding where I wanted to go after I graduated college. Um, my, oh, sorry, uh, my husband finished his uh, art residency. He decided to go into art full time after the pandemic, you know, when the world was like, what are you gonna do? Do you wanna make sourdough? He's like, I wanna be an artist. <laughs> <laughs> um, and after his residency was over, um, we, I was working for a company, a startup that uh, allowed me to work from home. And so I said, where should we, do we wanna stay in Salt Lake? Do we wanna go somewhere else? And Salt Lake had become very expensive and the um, idea of owning a home um, seemed very out of reach for us, um, and we were ready for our next adventure. So he interviewed with a lot of different places um, in different um, parts of the country, and we felt when we thought about what our values were that we wanted to have a pleasant life. We wanted to own a home, and we um, wanted. We found that that Wichita actually checked a lot of those boxes for us. Um, so came down, visited for about two weeks, ate Fiorito, and I was like, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'll add to that, just to toot my own horn a little bit. Um, I was on the panel last year, and Jenny saw, and that's how she started looking at Six Meridian as a place mm -hmm. okay. of employment. It's true. It's very um, true. <laughs> so she knew that she saw that Six Meridian was championing, championing the DEI initiative and felt very comfortable about it and applied. And... We feel very honored to have her as an employee now. So. Which goes back to what Peyton was saying about the connection, the relationships that are so evident in Wichita. Uh, the arts and culture, the cost of living, the networking, the ability to see yourself here and not just survive but thrive, um, which is a beautiful thing to hear. Let's talk about things that keep you here in Wichita. Um, and most importantly, if you uh, have looked at other places, what separates or allows you to say, nope, I'm going to stick here in Wichita, even though um, X may have or Z may have, I'm going to continue to root myself in Wichita. I'll, I'll take this one. Um, Jenny referenced it a little bit, but uh, for me, really, it's how far a dollar goes. Um, you can get a really, you know, 
amazing lifestyle here for, for not crazy expensive. I lived a year in New York, and my rent payment there for a one-bedroom, uh, sharing a kitchen and a bathroom was, uh, you know, my mortgage payment now is 40% of what my rent payment was in New York. And that was in 2017. I can't imagine what it is now. Um, so a lot of our generation is looking for that, you know, middle ground of where I have opportunity to work, but I also don't have to work, you know, 80 hours a week just to own a home and raise a family. Um, and I think Wichita is one of the rare places that you can, you can accomplish both. There is opportunity and there is, you know, that, that good standard of living um, per dollar. How does it shape up the quality of life? Marcus, how have you adjusted, or, or what are the benefits to the quality of life in Wichita? You said New York. I mean, I know a lot of folks who think New York is like, that's the dream for a lot of young professionals. Um, so why Wichita in, as it relates to the quality of life? And anybody else, please speak to the quality of life aspects of Wichita as well. Uh, to me, it's the community being seen and known um, as much as it is you know, the quality of life. Um, but at the same time, uh, People are just generally nicer here than in New York. Um, people say, bless you when you sneeze. They hold doors for you. They do all those little things that you don't really notice until they're gone. Um, and I think that that's an unsung hero of why this place is so special is because um, we are accepting. We can certainly get better. Uh, but I think the, the courtesy we have for each other is different than the average place, which I love. I will say that one of the other um, things that are important, obviously, to my husband and I are is art. And going to some of the larger art establishments here, such as Mark Arts and Wichita Art Museum, I was like, oh my gosh, like there's like a Hende Wiley inside of the Wichita Art Museum. It was incredible. And the accessibility that um, they provide where it's free entry and you can they're welcoming to the community They're not gatekeeping on culture. Mm -hmm. That is really um, awesome to see and you don't see that in some of the larger cities They you know, they can be a little snooty if you just walk in because you're interested in art mm -hmm. Marcus, I'm filming you on the unsung hero of the manners. I was just in DC and I was walking down the hallway and I'm like, good morning Good morning, and I didn't get one back and I was like, oh my Midwestern values are like sticking out right now, so go back to my room, mind my business. Peyton? I think to, to Marcus's point about um, traveling to New, to New York and, that, and that being the dream for a lot of young professionals, I think is a really big one because I, I was telling someone, um, when I graduated high school, the big conversation we had about was where you were going. Mm. City, what cool city are you going to? Where, where is this college going to be? And being the person who's staying from Wichita, it felt like staying in Wichita, that kind of felt like there was a negative connotation around that. Um, but now that I'm a little bit older and I'm thinking about where I want to lay down roots and establish a family and things like that, um, those, those cities don't seem all that appealing. Um, they're too big. There's a lot of crime. Uh, I just don't feel like I'd be comfortable, and I want to raise and educate um, young people there. Um, and so I think that that's something that I didn't think about when I was graduating high school, um, but now that I've graduated college and I'm getting a master's degree, I'm, I'm thinking about those. Hayden, when did that shift occur of maybe, yep, I got to get out of here till wait a minute, Wichita's looking real nice right about now? I think... Probably towards the end of my college career, um, shortly after I graduated and was working, is probably when that shift shift happened. Um, I, I get together with a bunch of friends from high school every New Year's, 
um, and they talk about their experience, one of them being from Philadelphia. Um, and, and she's having a great time, but I, I hear some of the things she talks about, and like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm sad I didn't travel and go see this, see another place, um, but I'm, I'm happy that my roots and I, I'm living in Wichita. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's shift gears a little bit. Um, because we know the reality is that there are folks who uh, make the decision to leave Wichita. And I'm curious to hear from you, what are some of the things that could cause you to leave or explore opportunities elsewhere? Um, What are the things that make it hard or might make it hard to stay in Wichita? And even if it's not from your perspective, um, tell us about some of the perspectives you hear amongst the folks that you engage with. I don't want to dominate the mic here, but I guess I'll, I'll reply to this one too. Um, so just to piggyback, I guess, a little bit off of the conversation that we just had, um, a lot of people that I talked to was, which was too small. Um, they didn't, there wasn't anything to do. And the idea of going out and living and trying mm-hmm. to experience a new environment, I think are the two, two biggest ones that I've heard the most. And I, and I definitely understand that because there's still a part of me that thinks about what would my life be like if I went and lived in a different place for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of experiences would I have gained? What kind of knowledge would I have gotten um, if I had just tried something new, got out of my comfort zone a little bit? And so I think the the, the prospect of something new, I think, yeah. is probably the biggest one for me. Yeah. Neha? I'm realizing as you guys are talking, I think the, the, the beauty and the safety and the connectedness that I've also found in Wichita comes with some certainty and stability of why you're here and so if if you don't have that then I think being here is a little bit more difficult um so you know I I came here starting in healthcare because I was already connected to the healthcare community here I'd interned here in college and so that brought its own sense of safety but then disconnected from that now there's a there's a much bigger risk that feels a lot harder to try to navigate in a place that is is very very connected and very very safe to be and to and to build community here but to potentially expand that feels feels a little bit more difficult. And so where is the place to take, take that risk and how do you balance this um, new learning and new experience with finding belonging and investing in, in the place that you are? Uh, I think that tension is a little bit harder to navigate. I've certainly found it a little bit harder to navigate of can I dream and invest? Mm, yeah, that sense of mattering and belonging is crucial in staying connected and rooted to the place with people and experiencing, is there a possibility here? Um, and I think that that is often the stories that I hear amongst a lot of people. Is there a possibility here for me? Um, and I find often if they are connected or in the know of what is happening, they feel more likely to uh, think positively about Wichita's future. But if they are not connected, um, they see themselves here for a year or two years, just kind of check the box, and then they're off to the next place. So how do we create opportunity and space for everyone to feel connected from the moment that they come through the door? I think of the folks who are at military bases at McConnell, right? How do we invite them into the city to see themselves as a Wichita, not just someone who's serving um, in the military based in Wichita. Any thoughts on that? How, how can we do that? I think it's showing the pride we all have for our city and communicating it to people that you run into, um, especially if you have long-term plans of staying here, because we all love the city for whatever reason you have. I have mine. I know it. <laughs> um, but communicating that, I think, goes a long way with people who come here from external places. Because my, my wife, she's in residency at the KU program here in Wichita, and all of her peers are people who have gotten placed here, and it probably wasn't their first choice. Mm. Um, so now that they're here, I've tried to really be involved in 
you know, her peers and trying to get them to stay because they're all, I mean, 50, 60% of them are minorities. Um, and they, none of them want to, but, you know, just trying to voice why I love it here um, changes a lot of opinions because the initial opinion for most people is it's a flyover city, you know, it's a pit stop. Um, one of the things that um, I was encouraged to do when I moved here is um, get involved in causes that are important to me. That's mm -hmm. why I'm here today. <laughs> but also, um, it made me feel more connected to the city, um, joining Big Brothers Big Sisters and getting to like connect with the youth um, has been really awesome. And, and just you know, getting involved in nonprofits that mean something to me helped me feel like I have a stake and I'm invested in what you're taught to. Mm -hmm. I love this theme of, of connection. And for those who are able, I want everyone to turn their attention to the banners that are in the back of the room. And uh, the descriptor on the banners is they have some headers, there's some graphs there, um, which kind of shows the realities of, of what Kansas and Wichita is faced with. There's some with titles that say spotlight on diversity, childcare access, graduation gap, Wichita's workforce and uncertain future, homeowners and renters discrimination and concentrated disadvantage uh, for audio descriptions for those in, in the building today. Um, I'm curious to hear from the panel, have you heard any of these things as barriers as to why your friends either were, are not interested in entertaining moving to Wichita for a future um, and or staying in Wichita uh, for a future? I can chime in. I think something that came up a lot in our conversation kind of as we walked around is the things that mitigate the uncertainty or the gaps are, are the safety net of, of family and connectedness that not everybody has, certainly not, I think, new people to Wichita could have. And so having, knowing there's maybe generational wealth or, or history in this city as, as a safety, not having that makes these all the more louder to us as we, as I, I would say, I'm evaluating risk. I have all the uncertainty of future. I don't know if I could ever own a home here. I don't have the support in this city to know that that's a possibility. And so knowing that that's the risk and that's the barrier that others may not face is, is feels really important to know for, for new people coming in. Yeah, thank you for that. Anyone else want to chime in? What have you heard amongst your peer groups, your friends, other talent in the city? I think diversity is probably this, the one I hear the second most. The first most is single people finding partners. They struggle. They struggle. Preach. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I, uh, I myself am not single, but the, most of my, and more often than not, it's females looking for males um, that I hear that perspective most often. Not enough single men. <laughs> What about the thoughts on, on business ownership? I mean, there's this big push happening in Wichita right now to increase entrepreneurship among black and brown individuals. Um, maybe you have some friends in your life. Do, do folks have dreams of creating their own business and think it's possible in Wichita? Or they're like, no, I'm off to Tulsa. I'm off to Dallas. Um, I'll speak on that. Um, that is one of those causes that is you know, important to me is helping uh, minorities, people of color, and women um, have visibility and see not only entrepreneurship, but also the skills that you need, because that is a, you know, baptism by fire situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, having access to education, as well as networking and capital, 
is you know going to be the foundation of importance and that has a lot to do with your network it has a lot to do with um, your knowledge base so I feel like letting people know that there are resources out there that are there to help mm-hmm. um, and again goes back to that word of gatekeeping um, mm. we'll continue to expand that and also to your other point of people feeling connected here feel like there's possibility I feel like it feeds into all of those in a positive way mm-hmm so let's shift gears a little bit and talk about what companies should know about how talent, the future of workforce is feeling. What are some things that must change in order to keep talent here and adjust to today's workforce um, and understanding the future of workforce? You know, many folks who are going into the workforce today uh, from, from our generation or time are staying at companies three years, five years, seven, moving around a little bit more um, in comparison to previous generations that maybe were, were there for longer periods of time before even considering looking at another job opportunity. How do we prepare our employers and our companies for today's workforce or the future of workforce? Um, for me, it's about um, not trying to really fight that that's kind of the new culture or it, it's becoming more accepted, um, but moving forward with intention as far as knowledge share for some of those employees who have been there for a long time. Um, there is a term that we used at a startup I was at, which is share your Legos. So mm. if you have Legos and they have Legos and you're just hoarding them to yourself, you can't build as much as if you put your Legos together. So um, that knowledge share and of course my favorite word, SOP, standard operating procedure. Um, so that way the ramp up for the people as they come um, behind you isn't as much and your business doesn't take a hit to productivity, but also um, they feel involved and they feel successful at, um, within a shorter period of time. Um, something, I mean, I love the KLC. This is probably the best place I have ever worked and probably will ever work. And something we talk a lot about is learning. And if, if learning is our goal and not, not an arrival, I feel like I, I have mm. found that to be extremely beneficial. Something bouncing around after it. Ed, you kind of talked about um, having expertise versus being the expert kind of makes that difference and shift of is my goal to be the highest authority and influence in the room or is it to be good at what I'm good at and then sharing that expertise and using that to build up one another and so it's not an investment in an arrival point but an investment in learning and then that becomes shared and I, mm. I find that definitely to be true here and in, in the shift in can I be can I take learning can I take um, my expertise with our purpose and use that for the time I'm here instead of waiting for an arrival point of being the expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do, how do you leverage the strengths of the folks who you're bringing in from day one versus, um, dare I say, pay your dues, right? That mindset of pay your dues and, and then we'll see where you, where you may be able to go. Um, what else have, have we maybe learned and or should prepare our companies to adjust? So I've, I've kind of got two parts to this. Uh, uh, I'll start with piggybacking off of what was previously said and the idea of paying your dues. I think, at, in my experience, the idea of having a title, I think, carries more weight than maybe necessarily should. Um, I've, I've had experiences at my workplace where I feel like because I'm, I don't have this position and some of my other peers do, uh, they're taken more serious than I am, and I feel like I'm, I'm adding Mm-hmm. value to the conversation and I'm adding a unique perspective I mean some of our executives don't necessarily see it that way and I I don't think that's conducive to long-term investment in a company if, if 
if you want young people to work for your company and weren't there for a long time, I think treating them in, in a way of um, as if they were new and don't know anything isn't the way to get them to stay. Mm. Um, my second point, um, and, and what's big for me, um, and kind of ties into Wichita's workforce, that, that panel back there, is, is flexibility. Um, and so coming after COVID, we were, I graduated college online. Um, people are graduating high school online. Um, and I think not, not being prepared for a group of individuals who don't need to be at school or at work and can still do the same amount of work, if not better, um, I think is pretty important. And not offering the option for some form of work from home opportunity or, or scheduling, I think is is an overall negative. I, I understand the idea of wanting your employees to be in the space, um, and I can see the benefits of it working it in the office five days a week. Um, but being told that there isn't an option is a really big turnoff mm-hmm. for me. Um, and I, I don't taking taking away options doesn't ever make me feel like I want to be in that area. Mm-hmm. That's it for Biz Talk this week, episode 342. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk Hub. That's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.